Let me tell you something, kid. You got a lot to learn. This ain't what you think it is. No, this whole thing about to burn. It's a junkyard slave to oil and rust. It'll eat you clean of hope and trust. I'll tell you something, kid. If I was you, I'd run straight to the other side of full-time job and part-time fun. And you can save yourself a struggle to climb up jigsaw puzzle. And never knowing how to hustle, only how to get yourself in trouble. Oh, if I was you, I'd try. job and maybe business but what you feel don't matter everybody's got something to say but nobody's got the time to listen to it anyway and i'll tell you something else time will set you free no more caring what they think no more chasing your vanity but if you ever get the chance Slip through the cracks Well, take that money Straight to the bank, baby No one ever, ever look back Hello, everybody. Smoking Lady J here, back with another Smoke Break with Lady J. How's everybody doing? I hope this podcast finds you doing well. And if not, I hope you're taking the steps towards becoming well. Happy fucking New Year. I think. I haven't really even grasped the fact that it is a new year. And I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. Like, it, it's just another fucking day. Like, it's just another fucking page in the book. Whatever. I can recall last year when I made this um, New Year's episode. And I remembered saying, you know, 2020 will be the year that things make sense. <laughs> 2020 will be when, you know, everything leading up to it has some purpose or some chance to understand truths and the meaning of everything. Little did I fucking know. (laughs) Uh, But in a way, like, that was 2020. 2020, you know, the hindsight is 2020. I think 2020 underneath the surface, a lot of people did learn a lot of different things, mainly about like what's the most important things in your life. 
the mental stress that we've all been dealing with at different times, at different levels, at different, I don't know, capacities, I guess. Like, it's affected a lot of different people in a lot of different ways at a lot of different times. So, like, mentally, things that people were feeling back in March, April, May are now totally different, you know, October, November, December. We're burnt out. Speaking for myself, I'm burnt out. As someone who was labeled an essential employee, when the lockdown happened, I was burnt out then. I was stressed to the core. I was scrambling every day trying to figure out how to make this all work, how to keep the people working for us working, how to keep them happy and motivated and fulfilled. I was searching for ways to bring in business, to conjure revenue. I was looking for ways to donate to local hospitals and volunteers and creating drink menus and specials menus and fixing the online ordering system. A lot of different things. And now it just, it kind of feels like a blur. And I think that's because I didn't actually what's the fucking word I'm looking for document. I didn't document everything along the way as I should have. And like one of the first messages, messages, podcasts, episodes, whatever you want to call it, smoke breaks that I had done when the pandemic started, I had said, we're going to podcast the pandemic. And I fell short. I fell short of that. And I, I could only have myself to blame. I should have been been able to make sure I was getting on the mic every week, every other week, something and touching in, making a record, having a diary for the world to hear. And I didn't do it. Thinking about it now and looking back, I don't want to regret it. I don't want to beat myself up over it. It just is what it is. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. Right? I feel like that should be the tagline. Put that on my headstone. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. Because intentions are always there. Good intentions, right? Wasn't that a movie? With Ryan Felipe. Is that how you say it? He was so hot back then. Intentions don't do shit. Honestly. (sighs) Forgive me for stretching and yawning. I'm sitting at the local Dunkin' Donuts watching the sunrise, waiting for the sun to rise. It's early in the morning. Had to bring my daughter to work. She's a working girl (laughs) who actually works at a different Dunkin' Donuts next town over. And instead of going home and getting back into my bed at 5.30, like I should have, I decided to come here and buy myself a coffee, read through my Twitter, read through the Facebook, sit with my thoughts. There's a message somewhere and I just, I don't know exactly what it is. And the best way I can describe my own mental state these days is feeling like I have cement bricks on my legs. Like I can't move, I'm paralyzed. But my brain wants to move. It certainly wants to fucking move. It doesn't want to stop, it doesn't want to slow down. It's like a hamster on a wheel, but there's like 15 wheels and he's jumping from this wheel to that wheel to that wheel to that wheel to this wheel to that wheel to that wheel. I'm all over the fucking place. 
And I know that that is not healthy. I know that that is me avoiding the present moment. I know that it's me letting fear take over because that's what anxiety is. It's fear. And you can give into it. You can feed it or you can kick it in the teeth and tell it to fuck off. Sometimes I talk and roll. Sometimes I tell it to fuck off. <laughs> and I'm trying to find a way to tell it to fuck off, but it still leaves me stuck. I'm still stuck. It's the same thing I've been stuck in for years. No direction, no purpose, no faith. It's easy to sit and read quotes that inspire you and sayings and inspirational posters and books and whatevers. But even that, like, I don't want to do it because it feels fake because I don't feel strong right now. I feel strong in some ways, but in a lot of ways, I don't. I feel weak. And that makes me angry. Like, it makes me mad at myself because I didn't come this far to only come this far. The last smoke break, we touched on mental health, as I try to do with a lot of my episodes. And the main focus of that one was my own daughter and her mental breakdown and the breakthrough that we shared as a mother-daughter. The outcome of that was after her speaking with her therapist and doing like a questionnaire or however else they fucking diagnose people, she was giving a di given a diagnosis of having bipolar 2. So whatever, a label is a label, right? Like, does it really matter? I mean, I suppose it does. Like, if you know what you're working with, you know how to work with it. But with something like bipolar or bipolar 2 or however many fucking different versions there are, there are certain things that are required. And those things that are required are hard for someone with these issues to maintain. So I told her, first and foremost, we see your physician. We call your, your, your full-time doctor. She had made an appointment for the following week, which was exciting. She asked me to be a part of it. I wanted to go in with her and just try to figure out what the best next steps. Unfortunately, the day before that appointment, we had a snowstorm. So the doctor's office was closed and they rescheduled her. But they couldn't get her in until January fucking 14th. Which, by the way, is totally unacceptable. In my opinion, I know doctor's offices are fucking super busy right now, but if we're not making time for patients with mental health issues, then what the fuck are we doing? Yes, COVID is real. Yes, people are dying every day of different things other than COVID, but especially mental health. People are dying because of their mental health. People are taking their own lives. People are hurting themselves. People are hurting others. These should be treated as emergency appointments, not as some fucking follow-up. So, at the time, I, you know, I gave my best motherly advice and just said, we'll handle it till then. We'll just take it one day at a time. You're going to be okay. Like, it is what it is. Let's just get there. So now we're at, like, the final countdown. It's seven days away. I have no idea how it's going to go. I have no idea what to expect. But I know my daughter. My daughter's not going to want to take medication. She's not going to want to. She's not going to. She's just not going to want to do it. <clears throat> but there'll be more to that as that comes up. She's been good ever since. Like no out, you know, meltdown, no nothing. Like she's, we've had a good connection. We have a good relationship. We check in daily. 
she's recently gotten into understanding um, crystals and energy healing, wanting to get involved in tarot cards and understanding the bigger picture. So that's been kind of cool because it's stuff that I'm into and I'm glad that like it's opening her eyes. But at the same time, like it opens my eyes to see that I'm not doing the things that I should be doing either. And I'm guilty as fuck. Accountability is a fucking bitch. Right? Mm. La da 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 da. Later that same day was all the activity at the Capitol. We all know what happened that day. I mean, we know that there was events that took place that day. This podcast has never been one that, to be based around politics or even rarely like mentioning politics. And it's not going to start today. It's not going to start now. But the timing of everything after the morning that I had while recording just kind of put a lot of things into perspective. My heart broke that day by what I saw. And I'll have my feelings on it. And I share them with those closest to me that I think can understand maybe where I'm coming from. But the rest is just, it's not, it's not something I feel comfortable discussing openly right now. As far as like the, the politics side of it and the left and the right and the up and the down and the circles and the squares and the fucking green grass grows all around and around. Where I left off before going on in my day and being completely derailed from any train of thought outside of what was happening was accountability. It's something I struggle with sometimes. I mean, yeah, I guess it is. It is. I'm not accountable to myself. I'm not taking care of myself. Good self-care is required for that. But it set off a lot of thinking. I mean, I'm always thinking. I mean, I guess if you listen, you know, to the beginning of the show, it's, I talk about how my mind feels like a hamster jumping wheel to wheel to wheel in my brain. But it, you know, it, it triggered me to start thinking like bigger picture, which I, you know, as often as I can, I try to. But sometimes you get stuck in the thick of the now and it's hard to see the silver lining. It's hard to see the fork in the road. It's hard to see a lot of things outside yourself. The next few days I spent like feeling physically ill. Like I had to take a COVID test. I had to quarantine. I had to miss beginning starting a new job because I wasn't feeling well and under quarantine and having to get a COVID test. So it's been a lot of like being stuck in it. (laughs) I can't get the words out. I'm sorry. I can't word. I can smoke though. Dead air. 
see, I can't. I have so many thoughts that I can't let a complete thought through. That's the problem. So where do I want to go from here? Let me give you an update as to where we are. That was recorded a week ago. I don't know if I already said that. I'm an idiot, but a week ago. Since then, my daughter has had her doctor's appointment. She ended up doing it yesterday via telehealth. So, like, um, on the internet versus in person. (coughs) Excuse me. And I had offered to be there with her. I offered to be holding her hand or asking the questions or leading the conversation. I even offered to just kind of be a fly on the wall. Like, I'll be in the same room. You can kind of wink at me if you need help. I can write you notes as you're listening. Like, what can I do to most support you? Because she's responsible for her mental health journey. I'm her biggest fan. I'm her biggest supporter. But at the end of the day, she is ultimately responsible for it. So she chose to do it on her own. She chose to take it by the balls and go with it. As soon as the appointment was over, she was proud to report that the doctor has recommended her to a different psychiatrist, one that can prescribe and monitor new medications. Uh, She did recommend medication, more so to treat her anxiety than anything, because even with the diagnosis of bipolar, bipolar 2, Her struggle right now is not so much the depression aspect of things. It's more of the anxiety. And I fucking get it. I get it. Totally get it. And I do see the difference. And it took me a long time to understand the difference. And while one affects the other and vice versa, there is a difference. Uh, Being constantly anxious doesn't mean that you're constantly low. It doesn't mean that you're constantly not wanting to get out of bed. It doesn't mean that you necessarily want to fucking cut yourself to have relief of some sort. So for her, having anxiety is not as dangerous, I guess. Like, that's even a tricky word to use. To her, it's not. It's a different kind of crisis. Like, she knows that her thoughts are speeding at a rate that they shouldn't be speeding at. But she's recognizing it. So, first step taken. Ordered the medication. We'll probably start that. And by we, I mean her. Uh, Monday. And she's put the phone call in already to see a new psychiatrist. And that ball is rolling. So kudos to her. And kudos to anybody else that took a step towards improving their own mental health. It's not easy. But it's possible. So now it's back to me. (laughs) Me, me, me. And what do I want? Where is my next move going to take me? And it's a thought I've thought about for a long time. And it's something I've discussed recently with my partner, too. As well as my producer. Shout out to Don. Uncle Sweets. For over 10 years now, or maybe it's about 10 years, about 10 years, I've gone by Smoking Lady J in the 
interwebs. That's how people know me. That's, and by people, I mean Twitter folk, my comedy fam, my artists, my chosen family, comedians. And I don't know if it's so much of an alter ego versus the real me, you know, Superman kind of thing. (laughs) People that hide behind something for whatever their reasons. My reasons have always been feeling censored. So when I'm myself, when I'm out and about as Jamie... I have to watch what I say to an extent. Like, don't get me wrong. I do speak my mind, but I don't always speak my experience. The people that are closest to me within arm's reach can't handle it. And even when it's something that I find is a release for myself, something that takes me out of my anxiety and my depressions and my dark place, using my voice to speak my truths. It's shit on. (laughs) For whatever their reasons are. So I found it just easier to come up with a fucking Twitter handle one day and it stuck and it works. And Lady J is derived, you know, basically I had a job probably back in like 2006, 2007. And I had some coworkers that I became really close with, and they used to call me Miss Jamie. And so I kind of took that and I ran with it and I became Lady J. Like, it's just a thing. Like, there's no other meaning behind it other than shortening my name and coming up with something catchy and something that I felt suited me. And it's smoking in the sense that I fucking love to smoke. <laughs> it's really not anything fucking major. And it was easy at first to be smoking Lady J, to have a certain presence for the, for, sorry, I'm fucking driving and like breaking the law. <coughs> Excuse me. I don't want to say it was easy, but like I fell into it and it just, I, it grew on me. There was a, you know, it, it's my comfort zone. I like it. I like being Lady J. Lady J takes no shit. Lady J is strong and confident and beautifully fucking woven together with her fucking scars. Lady J speaks when she's got something to fucking say. She's not afraid of her past. She's not ashamed of her past, even though the past has broken her. I've sat on the microphone and cried and sobbed and just felt fucking broken so many times. And each time, at the end, and upon re-listening, I feel better. I feel like I was able to get it off my chest. And for a while, like, I really did worry about who was going to hear it, who was going to find out, you know, I've mentioned before, I do have a teenage daughter, you know, now my little one is 11, like, she's very capable at navigating the internet. And maybe I don't necessarily want them to hear their mom in these conditions. 
over the years, it's evolved. I went from being a co-host of a show to being a guest on a couple different shows to then over the last two years having my own show. I don't regret doing this. I don't necessarily live in fear of doing it. Um, do I wonder what would happen if someone close to me that I didn't give explicit permission to or like handed them the link to my show, like if they listened to it or found it? I mean, not really. There's always going to be a little bit of fear, I suppose, but like, why am I letting that control me? Why do I hide behind a curtain, behind a veil? And it's, it's something that I've struggled with since the day I started podcasting. Like, it's, you can ask anyone who knows me that knows I do this. Like, it has been a constant battle. Smoke Break hasn't been regular in the last fucking two, almost year since the pandemic. Maybe even a little bit before the pandemic started, I had fallen off a little bit. And it's not for a lack of wanting to. It's just for a lack of, like... Uh, I don't want to say motivation. I'm not, it's not that I haven't been motivated. It's dedication. I haven't dedicated myself. I haven't been consistent in my own efforts. And so part of the thought process is why? Like, why haven't you gotten on? Why aren't you doing these shows anymore? And I think that the answers that I've come up with so far, and maybe I'm wrong, is that I've evolved in a lot of ways. I don't party, like, necessarily like I once did. You know, I'd go out in public and I would literally be Lady J. Like, I would be me, but, like, with the confidence and the attitude of Lady J, the not giving a fuck. Like, I, I took on the attitude of walking into a room like you own it and not taking shit from people for a long time. People enjoyed being around me. But then it got to the point where I didn't enjoy being around those people. Those people were bringing my energy down. Those people were not good influences. They weren't people that were trying to lift me up. They were basically people that just wanted me to stay level with them or beneath them, I guess. <clears throat> and I don't mean sexually. Oh, so I had my fair share of those, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> bum. But no, I feel at this point in my life, it's different. I would love to continue podcasting. I would love to continue sharing my story, sharing my experiences. I would like to continue finding the funny and like exploring new things. But something's got to change. And I, and I think it changes by being completely transparent. <laughs> I think it changes by being authentic. I'd like to think that one of the underlying messages over the years in my voice and the different things that you'll hear me being a part of is that authenticity is so important and it matters and it, in day-to-day -day life, it, you should be authentic. You know, you should do what you say and say what you do and, you know, and, 
walk the walk and talk the talk and all the above. I should be able to go on my fucking social media and be like, boom, motherfucker, here's what I got to say. Listen. Not like in a demanding way. Like, listen, like what I say is fucking gold. But no, but like, give it a shout. Fucking open your mind and hear what this little girl from some fucking small town, fucking (laughs) small town world over on the East Coast has to think and feel and... I'm a fucking mess. I'm going in circles. I know. I'm sorry. And I appreciate your patience. But on the heels of everything going on in the world, it's time that I stand up and make a choice. Which direction am I going to choose? Do I want to remain behind the veil, you know, a little bit longer until maybe my home life is like a little bit different? I am engaged. I am Involved, I am trying to blend a family. I am trying to move to a house, hopefully within the next few months. There's good things happening. It's not just pain and heartache, although there is some pain and heartache along the way. There are still challenges that people every day face. Challenges that I face. There is relatability in the things that I experience. Even just taking into account the fact that I work in the service industry in the middle of a worldwide pandemic is like a unique perspective. And then I can throw it back on myself and be like, well, unique perspective, what makes it unique? Because it's fucking yours? Well, yeah, that's what makes it unique because I'm literally living it. I'm literally living, just like everyone else, a crazy fucking time right now. But I don't know what I want to say. My goal before <clears throat> before this recording was to do some research, read some old journals, listen to some old episodes, get back into who you were when you began, get back to why you started, you know, things that I've preached this entire time. And I didn't do it. I didn't look back at the old journals. I didn't do a tarot reading for myself. I didn't sit and meditate on it. I mean, like, really focused thought about it. I kind of tried to sit and silence my mind a little bit and slow it down, and it just it didn't work. It didn't work for me. That's why it's taken me a week to, like, even get this put in as an add-on. <laughs> I'm a ball of anxiety. I'm a ball of unknown. But I'm also, like ready to like break free. You know what I mean? Like even back when I first decided to do my collaboration with Jamie Hager on, on, uh, smoking Jays, it was like a big buildup to finally where I was on air and I was like loving every second of it. I was really scared and I'm on the cusp of doing the same thing of taking it to the next level with a little bit of healthy skepticism. I'm not exactly sure what the future of Smoke Break holds, but I know that Lady J is about to drop the veil. I'm about to let see. Mike, <laughs> should probably learn how to talk first. <laughs> I am about to let people see me. I'm about to come out, literally, 
<laughs> but not like from the closet, just from the car. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to be able to be useful. I want to be able to ser- be of service to other people through my experiences and everything. But I don't want to have to do it behind a veil anymore. I don't want to have to do it as someone else. Yes, I'm Lady J, but I'm also Jamie. Like, I I am a real person. These are my real stories. These are my real opinions. These These are my fucking scars. So tonight, in about an hour, maybe, hour and a half... I'm going to sit down and I'm going to record a conversation. And that conversation is going to be with one of my oldest friends. And by old, I don't mean age, but one of my longest running friends who is the person that introduced me to this world, who is the person that produces this show, who's the person that I have bounced ideas off for the last 10 years. 10 years. And that's just podcast time. We had a friendship in school, too, you know, like, he's one of my, he's, he's just one of my people. Don, like, I'm looking forward to this conversation. I have no idea where we're going to start. I have no idea what we're going to say. I have no idea what my angle is going to be. I have no idea how to even begin to tell my story without... <laughs> taking in 800 directions. So for the next hour to hour and a half, I've really got to get my shit together, y'all. But I wanted to get something else out here. Not necessarily a farewell, but like, I'll see you soon kind of deal. Like, trust me, I will be back. I I am always still going to have things to say. It's just a matter of organizing my thoughts. And it may come back, may come back, that was a cross between saying it may come back and it may come down to, so Dak, it may come Dak. Just switching it up, changing the gear, changing it from a place of broken, bitter, scorned lover, ex-affair partner, narcissistic lover, hopeless to someone who's overcome, to someone who has learned to believe in love again, to someone who has learned to stand up for herself in employment, who has learned how to be a good parent through a pandemic, how to really connect with the people in my life through good things and not just trauma. I want to be positive, but I want to live it. I don't want to just talk about it. And I think the way to affect change is to be able to have open and honest conversations. And I'm ready to do that. And if all these episodes, you know, YouTubes, whatever, get uncovered by, like, my next coworker or, like, my mom or, like, my grandpa, like, I don't want to be ashamed of it. I don't want to hide You know, I don't need to flaunt it on the first page of the fucking local newspaper. But why not try? Why not be the ripple? You know? 
it's exciting and nerve wracking and unknown, but I'm ready to take the leap. I'm ready to take the risk. I'm ready to expose myself. (laughs) So I hope you'll continue along this journey with me. It's a bit dark right now. It's a bit thick, but I see good things coming. I see change and I'm ready. Talk to you soon. Well, I did it. I was a guest on Shut the Fuck Up, Donnie. And I was on video. And I rocked my smoke break with Lady J shirt. While also hanging in the background with six squirrels. (laughs) Six squirrels sweets. (laughs) T-shirt behind me. It was nerve-wracking. It took a little while to get set up because I realized how technologically um, handicapped I am. (laughs) I'm not so great at working my laptop. I've become a certain age where I kind of gave up on learning new technology. Anything that's outside the telephone or like a POS for a restaurant. But we did the damn thing. There was no great, like, reveal, three, two, one, here she is kind of situation, which is good. It's good. It was, it was organic. It was natural. Low pressure once we started going. And I'm grateful for the opportunity. I'm glad I finally did it. And it helped me to breathe a little bit lighter. But now I find myself, like, going back, remembering, like, the episode here that I recorded within the last two weeks, you know, a little bit each week, building up to the interview and thinking that after I would have some great like epiphany that some revelation would have come, that I would have some words of wisdom, something solid to move forward with. And I don't. I say I don't, but then as I start to think about it, my mind starts to kind of cycle and I'm led one way and then that takes me another way and it takes me another way. So I've been letting my brain do that for the last four hours as I've built up the balls to press the record button. Four hours of my life spent in thought and music and Facebook, and Twitter, and then some more music, and coffee, and just being on pause. January 2020, I I was different. <laughs> I mean... Everyone should be different a year later, every year of their lives, right? In one way or another. We should always strive to be different. But the difference is, it's deep-rooted things. It's soul-level differences. In January of last year, I had even mentioned on one of the shows here that 
maybe 2020 will be the year we figure it all out. The, the year that we're able to look back and be like, oh, that's all the struggle that I went through has led me here. And I get it now. Now's my purpose. Now's my chance to move forward. Now's my chance to be like, aha, right? That was my mindset going into 2020. It had to be good. It had to be. Uh, oh, sorry. Sorry. That was the mindset. And that was the life that was looking back now, you know, I'm like, I was kind of thriving last January. I was in a relationship and on and off again for four years, a little over four years. And we were finally like in an on phase that was like good. Like shit was like good. <laughs> like <laughs> I use the word like way too much, but it was good. It was moving forward. It was fulfilling. It brought me joy. I was being supported in ways that this person wasn't able to support me in years past. He was changing. Everything was good. I was promoted at work. He encouraged me to even apply for the position and he encouraged me to kick ass in the interview. And then he congratulated me when I got it. Things are moving forward. I was happy at work. I felt purpose. I had a, a really good position. <laughs> I had a solid paycheck. I had the tools that I needed that I knew would push me forward for the next six months. And then it just kind of fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> and looking back, you know, not in the moment, I didn't see it or understand it. And even now I don't fully see it or understand it, but a part of the picture is being revealed to me little by little. But it's, it fell apart when this pandemic hit. It set off a chain reaction across the world. And especially like within the area, you know, of people closest to me. It made people act differently. It made people react differently. And it brought a lot of pain and, and unknown and survival mode kind of shit kick in. So I went from a place of thriving, of having goals and accomplishments and dreams and just visions of like happiness, like of just feeling light, like things are finally going good for me. I was feeling good and then it all just fucking went away and it sucked. It fucking sucked. This, you know, the relationship I was in started getting really bad again. Like it just started becoming emotionally toxic. It was causing me to turn to alcohol a lot. It was causing me to black out. It was causing me to be an overall asshole because I was being hurt again. And I was allowing that hurt to change who I was. I was allowing it to eat away at me. I was allowing it to change me for the worst. I allowed myself to become the victim until I finally woke up one day and said, what the fuck are you doing? Get out, end it, run. So I did. 
ran, ended it, burned it down. And then just a few short days later, Prince Charming enters. And everything was so great. It was just, it was great again. I could see clearly. I could see light. I could feel light. I felt empowered and beautiful and seen for the first time in months. It's too good to be true. I'm not going to bore anybody with the details. But the reality of it was that... It was very soon. It was very sudden. It was very one door closes and literally the next one opens. And I took the chance on it. I'm still taking the chance on it. But somehow along the way, over the last nine months, we went from thriving and feeling alive and feeling in love and feeling happy and light to feeling this sudden like heaviness which we can attribute to the pandemic. We're both in the food service business. Our pockets have been affected greatly. Our livelihoods have seemingly gone down the drain. We're raising children. We're trying to like be good daughters and sons and just, it's a lot, it's a lot. It's a lot of trying to heal your own shit while moving forward with someone else and getting past your own patterns and seeing how someone else deals with the darkness, how someone else deals with life when things get shitty, because you never really know someone until you're in, you know, a place of desperation where you're literally trying to claw your way back to the top financially, emotionally, mentally, physically, whatever it is that feels low, that feels heavy. You don't know even how you're going to react to that until you're actually in it. The pandemic has definitely become, you know, one of our, one of our fucking vampires. <laughs> We've let it suck the joy out of our lives. And I don't just mean we as in me and my partner, but I mean, on a whole, a lot of people have reached the point where they're just like exhausted I'm exhausted. And I realize now, today, that, you know, I guess I don't realize it. Like, I've always known this to be the truth, that I am responsible for my own happiness. I am responsible for my own station in life. I'm responsible for my reaction to anything I do or say. I'm the author of my story. And I've allowed myself to be, stay, like, stuck in the suck for a long time because I've allowed other people's voices and opinions become my own inner critic. I've taken on the opinions and the attitudes and the feelings of others' perceptions become the voice telling me why I'm not good enough to do X, Y, or Z, why I'll never deserve X, Y, or Z, why I should just stay doing what I'm doing because it's safe, you know? It's the people that kind of hold you back. And even in saying that, I feel like that's giving others too much power over me. And I, I think that's what I've been doing. 
And I think a lot of people have done it. I think a lot of people shrink back from doing what their soul calls them to do because they're afraid. Even in doing this show, I hold a lot back because I'm afraid. And by holding a lot back, I mean like you're not going to find this advertised on my Facebook feed ever. Because I don't want to have to show that part of myself to people that don't deserve it. I don't want the people that have been my doubters and my downers to come in and take this from me because this is something I'm proud of. Regardless of the stories I've told, regardless of the conditions I've been in telling those stories, even on my most drunken rants, I can't be ashamed of the work that I've put in here and I want to protect it. And I feel like not doing this has definitely been a means of not having to hold myself accountable. And I want to keep doing it. I definitely, definitely want to keep going. And I think now is a good time to just really reinvent it and figure out where I'm going next because having to make decisions and actually making decisions and following through on them is adult as fuck. It's one of the biggest challenges I've ever had to do in my life. And it's something I've dealt with my entire life back to when I was 14 and even younger, but 14 when I had to make a decision on whether or not to terminate a pregnancy, that happened to be one of the biggest decisions I've ever made in my life, even to this point. But I feel like there's always people there to tell me why my decisions are wrong or that my perception is wrong. And I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be able to make a plan and stick to it and execute it. I want to get out of my own way. I want to stop being sad and depressed and just tired. Like, I don't want to be tired. I don't want to feel exhausted and drained from the day when I've done absolutely jack shit other than rack my brain trying to figure out why I'm stuck. Well, I'm stuck because I'm not doing anything. I've allowed myself to stay stagnant under the guise of a pandemic. And maybe I'm not saying that the pandemic isn't actually affecting my life because it is, but the reality is like, okay, enough is enough. Kick your own ass, get it back in motion. And the right things are going to happen. The right opportunities are going to present themselves. And they always do. Like there's always an opportunity around the corner. If you can pay attention and actually be present in the moment and follow your gut and do the things that are going to make you happy and fulfilled and safe. I'm never going to regret using my voice on this kind of platform. And I only hope one day, you know, even if it's three years from now, someone just happens to roll upon one of my stories and maybe they're able to find humor in it. Are they able to find common ground? Are they able to find some form of survival method? And I, if it can just affect them in that way, then I'll have done my, my part and it will make me feel good. I don't ever want to come from a place of knowing it all. Cause I don't know shit, <laughs> but I know that like we have to take control of our mental health. We have to take control of our self-awareness. We have to take control of why we do the things we do. I'm 38 years old. And with that, literally I have 
wisdom. I have experience. I have stories. And I still have all those things to learn. And I have to keep doing what's best for me, regardless of what I've gained in the last few months. Relationships, friends, family, you know. And I have to seriously take inventory on that and figure out what I truly want and what does happiness look like to me? Because I swear I felt it before. I've tasted it. It's there. And I don't know exactly how to get from that place of fear to faith. And by doing this interview with Don and dropping that little veil and getting my cheap ass headset and looking like an idiot, like from the early nineties, that was a huge step for me. And I want to continue in that sort of way. I want to take steps towards a better future. I have no idea where this is going to lead. But I know that in speaking my truth and working my own shit out this way, because really, like, it's therapy for me, if I'm being honest. It, you know, it holds me to account. It gives me something to work for and work on and really cultivate, like, however I want it to go. It's mine. And I want to nurture it and I want to get back to it and I want to feed it, but I want to feed it with the good shit and not just the trauma. Even though some of that good shit comes as a result of trauma, even when really, really fucking shitty things have to happen in order to see a little glimmer of light, that little glimmer of light should be enough to kind of sustain you, right? Like you should want to keep chasing that. But I found myself stuck in this pattern of not expecting good things anymore because I'm constantly disappointed in all different areas and all different ways. I have high expectations, I think, and of myself, you know, and I'm not meeting my own expectations. So then when other people aren't meeting my expectations, it's like I can either be pissed off at them or pissed off at myself first because I'm letting myself down. First and foremost... So it's a lot. It's a lot of things that I'm trying to juggle in my mind right now. And like as tired as my body feels and as tired as my mind feels, I have constant migraines. I'm just not feeling well. And I think a lot of that is just pent up energy. Like it's pent up bad fucking vibes. And I've got to clear it. <laughs> got to clear it. Ugh. Oh. Lots of opportunities. I just started training a new job and I'm reading through their manual because it is a corporate restaurant, you guys. Back to fucking corporate. Because I need structure in my life. I need rules. I need somebody to fucking hold me to account, hold themselves to account, and like have it like an expectation laid out in front of you instead of kind of just being thrown into the waters and figuring out how to swim. So it's good. Like it's totally a good opportunity. And in their training manual, they give examples of how to deal with difficult guests or an unsatisfied guest. And instead of referring to these as like incidents or complaints, they call them opportunities. Because when something like that comes up, it's an opportunity for you to make it better. It's an opportunity for you to make it right. It's an opportunity to take the steps in making sure that that person returns happy and or leaves happy and returns happy. And I really kind of like that spin. I like the way that it's not 
presented as in this case, you know, break the glass. It's more of switching your perspective again and shifting the picture and realizing that, yes, there's always going to be obstacles. There's always going to be things trying to knock you down, whether that's, you know, people, places, or things, your own inner thoughts, your own criticisms. There's always going to be a reason to try to stay in the sad. But if you flip those and say, this is my opportunity to make it better. This is my opportunity to learn and not make the same mistake again. I think it's really powerful. And that's why I want to move forward with no regret in my life. I want to make decisions that I'm proud of and firm in and not willing to back down. Yes, I can compromise. Yes, I can meet in the middle, but I will no longer sacrifice who I am to please those around me. And that's what I've gained. And that's what I did by doing this interview last week. I don't have a huge aha moment. This is not the only thing that I'm sure will come of it. Instead, I hope it was only the beginning. I hope this is a new journey. I hope it's a new chapter. And I hope that whatever direction it takes is the, is the best one for me. And we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. So thank you again for your continued support and just your encouragement and your ability to open your mind and understand the crazy thoughts of just some small town girl. I'll be back soon. Mm -hmm.